What's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 72 of Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast, recording here on Wednesday night, April 13th, 2022. I'm Scott Kinville, and I got to tell you, we have got another fun show lined up for you tonight. I've been waiting for this one. Um, First of all, before I bring our guest in, I want to let you guys know that the professor, Jeremy Roberts, is going to try to be here. He's working this week. Uh, Poor guy. He works for a local water department, and uh, I think he's pretty much up to his shoulders in water right now. So he's going to try to dry off and get here. So maybe we'll see him. Maybe we won't. But in the meantime, of course, I have my trusty sidekick right over here. My producer, the guy who presses all the right buttons on this show, the one and the only, Dave the Save Warner. Yeah, we can do that. (laughs) There you go. See? The man knows his buttons. There's no doubt about it. I just thought rim shot. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. But, you know, I got to tell you guys something. This guy is dedicated. Total dedication out of this guy because today is his wedding anniversary and he's sitting here with me talking about hockey. Yep. I and my wife's you. birthday. You know, <laughs> she is a saint. I got to tell you. She really is. <laughs> She's not far. <laughs> so speak well. You got chocolate chip cookies I last did. week from her. So it yeah. was like it was my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any of that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there you go. What's that yeah, telling you? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, I'm going to bring our guest in. So the Utica Comets this year have been just an unbelievably exciting team. They had just brought the thunder all year long. What a team to watch on the ice. Well, this guy also keeps that excitement and that energy going in between the face-offs, in between periods, throughout the entire game. He is the in-game host for the Utica Comets, Mr. Brennan Miller. Brennan, what's going on? Oh, feeling good. I, you know, I love the, the introduction there. I do. That's because that's what I do. That's my job, right, is to bring the energy, try and keep people excited because when the fans are excited, the guys play better. We win more games. Yeah. yeah I love it. I love it. That's Absolutely. Great. And you do a fantastic job of it. You really do. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I, know, my, I know my role, right? <laughs> yeah, not, not too over the top, but enough to keep things rolling. But, you know, you almost said, you know, you said know, know your role. You almost sounded like The Rock. <laughs> Yeah. Now you really blow my mind if you can raise one eyebrow and you know. it's actually no, it's actually um early when I was first started doing this, uh, our director of in-game presentation, uh Gina, she she texted me during a game and was like, I want you to do a hype up and I want you to go full WWE. <laughs> Completely just play to the camera, play to the fans. So yeah, that 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 plays, definitely. That is awesome. Now you just needed a theme entrance. Right. Right. I need, and pyros. I need, I need I need to come in. And, and my music plays, and, and everyone's like, oh, here he goes. <laughs> it's Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hey, if you were going to have a wrestler's theme entrance, who would it be? Oh, oh, that's a great question. I mean, you can't – so I have, I have a bunch of buddies who are, who are big, big into WWE, and you really can't break or uh, beat – the glass shatter yeah. of, of Stone Cold. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, especially like WrestleMania when he came back. Oh, yeah. On the second night. Oh, oh. That was awesome. That yeah. was absolutely awesome. I've always loved uh, CM Punk's cult of personality, too. That was that was awesome. huge for me that one summer. But anyways, we're not here to talk about wrestling. We're getting off the tracks. Dave's over here shaking his head because as soon as I start getting off the tracks, he gets nervous. Yeah. Mute, mute button comes yeah. out. <laughs> Hook from the gong show. Yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, there it is. There of course. It is. Yep. Off the stage. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brendan, tell me, how did you get to become the in game host for the Utica Comets? Uh, so, I actually, 
it's a weird path, right? So I, I wasn't one of the hosts at the beginning of the year. It was, it was strictly uh, Missy. And so I started with the comments as uh, a production intern. I was with, I'm, I was with Jason Shia up in the, up in the booth and I was uh, writing game stories and cutting highlights for uh, the shows that go up between periods, like the, when they talk about everything that went on in the period. And so I was sitting right up there next to, you know, uh, Adam Pollock, whenever he did color commentary and, and Gary Heenan. And, and it was me, whoever was doing color and Jason up there. And then they kind of just kept throwing me in at different positions uh, whenever someone was out, whenever someone would go down. So I actually did radio play by play for Michael Lear. I think it wow. was the third or fourth game of the season um, against Lehigh Valley. Uh, which is my that's my field. I I I, I do play by play. That's that's my thing. Like I've I've worked this actually this team, Cheryl Silversmith is a collegiate baseball team. Yeah. Down the road. I've worked for them for three or four years doing play by play, and that's kind of my direction. So I did that. And then uh when Missy missed a few games, they contacted me to jump in and be the in-game host for a weekend. Uh and then after that, I think the next Monday came around and I got another text saying, Hey, we want to keep you on and we want to pay you uh, wow. <laughs> instead of just being an intern. Right, uh, right. A little money when you show up to the to the arena. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Absolutely. 100 <laughs> percent. And so I, I've stuck with it. Nice. Show me the money. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> the Cheryl Stone, are they perfect? Uh, perfect game collegiate league or they are they? Are they? NYCBL. So OK. Baseball league. Oh yeah, because we're down here, right? Division, different leagues. Right, that's okay. I, I, and the name sounded familiar, but I couldn't couldn't remember if they were part of Perfect Game or because yeah. we're nearing baseball season down here. But it's right. you know kind of cobwebs in the brain still. Hockey on the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, same same level, different leagues. <laughs> so with uh, so for you, what does a, a game day preparation like? So. Being a guy that, that is kind of upset, like I'm a huge fan of the the team. I, I went to games prior to being part of uh, like the behind the scenes staff for years and years. And like, I know that I like I'm 21. I went when I was uh, 15 years old to games the first the inaugural season and, and have been going since. So uh, it ha- it is a lot different. It's, it's fun. So I I have to know who is on the team who these guys are, where they come from. Um, and that's just like a personal thing. So right, for right. A game day starts off with me just like researching what streaks uh, we have going on. I, I'll send that information to Jason because I'm usually up there in the booth. Him and I will write his little uh, pregame blurb together so he knows what he's talking about. And then I have some information going into the game. So I'll look up all, all of our guys' stats, uh, the team that's coming in stats. And then I show up game at seven o'clock i'll show up at five five thirty uh we will sit down in the front office me gina uh dan who is like our head kind of intern who runs all of our game ops and then all the other game ops interns and missy and we'll sit down and we'll, we will run through our script so we have three tv timeouts uh and then the two intermissions that we have to have something prepared for for every single game and so uh, the first first TV timeout in the first period is always uh, Hometown Hero. Then we have Smile Cam, I think, is our third one. We'll fit something in between those two. Uh, and then, you know, whatever uh, whatever else we can throw in. Obviously, our second intermission is, is Chuck-a-Puck, which is always one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's great. I, to just stand there and, like, watch pucks <laughs> just fly over your head. It's it's a great, it's a great visual. But you're sitting there uh, saying to yourself, they got their foam. <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten hit numerous times. <laughs> I'm standing like right up against the glass. I don't know if it's like a little kid who maybe like can't get it over. Or <laughs> Me, but I've gotten I've gotten clocked by those. Me, me and the comets will try and like hide out, <laughs> so we don't get popped. But yeah, especially on three dollar beer Wednesday nights, you know, somebody seeing double yeah, vision. Yeah, that's oh. Most of the chocolate fucks come in, yeah. Um, but no, so we'll go through our uh, our kind of schedule for what we're what our plan is, and then uh, we're done with that by six. We'll get our handouts. So usually it's like I get four or five pins that are usually gone by the second I walk out the door to hand out to people. Uh, and then we just kind of wait for the game to start. Uh, make sure that all of our stuff is prepped and ready. If we have a t-shirt toss, we'll load that in the specific uh, like tunnel that we're going to start that from. Uh, we don't actually get people for our trivia or for our games uh, until the day, until the day of. So we will go out and start asking people around for if they want to participate in uh, like trivia for the second or third period. And if they want to participate in like our intermission game, we don't have anything scheduled for the first intermission. Um, and you'd be surprised how many no's we actually get. <laughs> I think it's, it's probably 10 no's to every one yes. Really? So it's just, yeah, I know. It surprised wow. me too whenever I walk up to people because in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is great. You get to be on the ice. Yeah. You get to like have fun. You have a chance to win a prize. Um, but no, people, people turn us down all the time. And I'm just like, you're not fun. Uh, <laughs> Terrified so, to be wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Just go out there. If you, and a lot of the times people are afraid to fall and I'm like, it's not that hard. It's not as slippery as you really think it is. But, right. Hey, uh, so yeah, we'll go out, look for people for that. And then once the game starts, it's just following our script, making sure everyone is in the right spot at the right time. Uh, making sure Naughty is ready, prepped and ready to, to be where Naughty needs to be. Uh, and then we just go. We, we try and get everything done as, as efficient as possible. You know, that's so cool because I, you know, I always wondered about because, I mean, my family, we have season tickets too. So, I mean, we, we don't miss a game. I mean, unless I got to work, I don't miss. That's, you know, goes without saying. But you, if you really sit there and watch and think about it, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Oh, absolutely. And I know, I know it, it, all the credit goes to, uh, to Gina Severa, who is our director of, uh, in-game operations or game presentation, excuse me, who she, uh, she has all of that stuff prepped and ready to go. Um, she communicates with all the people who are, who need to get stuff done. Like the nights that we have, uh, naughty throw popcorn around that popcorn is prepped and ready an hour beforehand. So we've talked to the people in the concession stands. And I remember I was carrying a bag, the bag of popcorn, getting it ready to go into a tunnel one time. And, and the lady in the concession stand who had made it was like, so what are you guys going to do with that? And I just had the heart to be like, we're going to give it to that big red furry guy over there. And he's just going to throw it. And it's going to all over the place. You're going to see this coming back on a garbage bag later on. Don't worry about it. Right, it's an empty garbage bag. And she, and she was like, that's what you're using it for? I'm like, yeah. I'm so, I'm so sorry. She goes, that was the popcorn too. I salted it and everything. I'm like, oh. You so, so broke her heart. Yeah, right, I know. But but we we get all that stuff prepped already beforehand, and and you know it's 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 fun. It's it's a lot of fun to run around, especially during like the first period, and try and make sure that we've got everything taken care of. No, that's that's really cool. And you know, who comes up with the trivia questions? That's a great question, actually. I think it is mostly Gina, um, because we want to find like a balance, right, between hard enough where it's not like an easy answer, but something that 
a lot of the people in the arena will know because we know like when when we have someone on who's doing trivia the majority of the time they get their answers from the people who are sitting behind them and right. just, like, giving answers at them uh and most of the time they're right so yeah we we just try and, and make it fun because I mean, and we don't want anyone to lose right like <laughs> we don't want people to be embarrassed in front of you know thousands of people sitting sitting at uh at the odd like we we don't <laughs> we want it to be a fun experience for everyone. And that includes the people who are actually on camera. Right. Absolutely. Because I mean, you're right. I mean, there's always that. Ooh, because you know, I watch them. I'm like, I know this one. I know this one. And I'm like, Oh man, am I glad I just had that microphone in front right. of me because I'd be going, uh, can anybody give me a lifeline? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we have times where we had, um, like we had when the, uh, the inlet mighty loons were with us and we had the kid who named all 50 States yeah. uh, in, in 30 seconds. That was not planned. I, I went up to the loons and said, hey, we have to grab one of you to do a trivia question. It's going to be, can you name all 50 states? We have a video prepped uh, where a player named as many as possible. He got 17. Does anyone want to do it? And they all pointed at this kid. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. You're coming <laughs> with me. We went into the tunnel. And I'm like, hey, how do you think you're going to do? Like, do you think you can do you think you think can get 17? That's, that's the number you have to beat. And he goes, I think I can get all of them. And I'm like, <laughs> You know, only have 30 seconds, right? And he's like, yep, I can get all of them. And then he just flew. And he was going <laughs> alphabetical order, one after another. And I was like, that's incredible. That's, that's is. what we, we love. That was awesome. I was there that night. That was that was great. And you know what? Those guys are so cool. That's such a great oh, story. I mean, I was I was talking with Ethan about that because he, he went up there and said, I mean, it was it's incredible what they've done up there, up in Inlet. It, yeah. it really is. So, and you know what you were saying earlier about writing the, um, the preview pieces. So, because I do the same thing for our website and you know what? I, I love doing it just because it, it makes you so much more informed going into the game. It, it, it really does. It, it's you, you just, and then, but then of course you start overthinking things watching the game. It's like, oh, no, wait a minute. He's on a four. What's he doing? <laughs> right. right, right. I, like I, there's, I love looking at streets and, and when our guys go on point streets, because at, at the beginning of the year, we had a ton of guys who were leading the league in uh, points or goals or assists or whatever it may be, whether it was Chase DeLeo, who I think had, like nine in a row or yeah. Alex Holtz who had a point who had like a ridiculous double digit point streak early in the year. Uh, that's like my favorite part, but then I get nervous, right? Like in the second or third period, if these guys don't get a point, yeah. I'm like, come on, I, we got, you got to get something here. You got to keep right. the alive. Yeah. And, and I'll be down. I'll be down with, with Jeremy down in that, in the, in the media tunnel. Uh, and we'll be be watching and and a bunch of the guys down there are like, yeah, you know, this guy's got a, a point streak. This guy's got a point streak. This guy's got a score. And I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> You're preaching on the choir. I know. Right. I'm just as nervous as you are. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, let's talk about those comments. So, I mean, like I was saying in the introduction, they've just been a wagon all year long. They, they really have. Uh, a little bit of a rough patch lately. That happens to every team. You know, I mean, listen, the sky is not falling. It's not okay. Right. So they've had some injuries to deal with. Freddie Gauthier being out, it's hurt. Um, you got Fabian Zetterlin, AJ Greer, Kevin Ball, Nico Dawes has been up in New Jersey for a while. But by the way, those guys have been amazing up there. Yeah, Dawes, Dawes yesterday became the the Devils' leading goaltender in wins on the season. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Thir- I think thirteen with us as well. So he's just. Like he's got far and away more wins than any other goaltender in, in the organization. Oh, no doubt about it. And you know, the, the scary part really is, I mean, he's 21 years old and this is his first professional season in North America. Right. And <laughs> you know? I, they, so, so the devils actually, or NHL.com put out a, a piece yesterday about 
uh, Utica and kind of the farm system and how the Devils were looking at it. And they mentioned like Akira Schmid was supposed to be the number one guy in Adirondack. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to be up with us this season at all. But with the rotation that they have had up at the at the NHL level, like we have been without our top two guys. Right. And I love Merrick's mittens, but again. He wasn't supposed to be the starter in Adirondack. He was supposed to be the backup to Akira Schmidt in Adirondack. Exactly. And he's up playing at a high level. Like the the turnover and the guys that have gotten sent up and then sent back down, there's nothing to worry about because we are getting our best. We're going to get our best players back. New Jersey at this point, they got nothing to play for. They've exactly. They've got their same guys who are injured already. I mean, Jack Hughes is out for the rest of the season, so you have to fill that spot with a forward, yep. i.e. Zetterlander Greer. And then when their season's over, our, our guys are going to come back down and they're going to perform because they've been performing all year. Exactly. And they've been performing at a very good level in New Jersey. I think Miles Wood got shut down too. Yes. I thought I saw yeah, that yeah. today. So, yeah, I actually, I would expect those guys to probably remain up in New Jersey until their, their regular season ends, to be honest with you. With the way they're I, playing, I, I, give I them a look. At least until, I think they're on, a, they're on a, a little bit of a West Coast swing right now. Yeah. So I think they're at least until the end of that and then probably to the end of the season. Right. So, right. we're not going to have them for a few games, but they'll be back when it really matters. Exactly. And they're going to be primed too. That's, that's the whole yeah. thing right there. You know, Imagine going, up, going up to the national league and then, you yeah. know, scoring, scoring your first career goal. Like, like we saw Zetterlin and ball do yesterday. And then you got to come back down to the, the AHL and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm the big guy. I'm the big guy here. Thank <laughs> you very much. Oh yeah. You know, they're going to be coming down with a chip on your shoulder. They're going to be like, yeah, let's do this boys. That's about it. Yeah. You know, we but, played, you showed what we've got up there, and now let's prove it once we get to this uh, the, the playoffs here. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they now they have the, the X by their name. They're in. They are in. Finally, that, that saga is over with. <laughs> and now, of course, the division title is next in sight, which their magic number is eight at this point. You know, I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to end up winning the division title, too. Let me ask you a question. Who do you want to see them get in the first round? Who do I, I want them to get Syracuse. Really? I do. I, I We have beat Syracuse pretty regularly mm-hmm. this season. I think, I think nine, oh, I, I, we have nine or 10 wins over them and we've only lost them two or three times. Right. I, I think that we have been able to beat them pretty regularly. I think that that would bring a nice intensity to the first round of a, or not the first round, but the first round that we play in uh, of the playoffs. Um, who, who, do you, who, do you, who do you, who do you like? Well, here's the thing. If they're going to play somebody in the first round, I think I would actually like to see them play Belleville. To be perfectly honest, I know Belleville had a pretty good you know, run against them last week. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're going to play somebody in the first round, I think Belleville's the one I would prefer. Um, Laval has played them tough all season long. Listen, I don't think that there's a team in that division that should beat the Comets in a playoff series. No, Not I, if the I, Comets are playing the way they, sh- they can. And once they get all their guys back, right? But as far as just a, a first round, because I always like look at the, the first rounds is like a trap series. They always are, right? Because anything can happen. Who knows? Especially for a team that's going to be coming off of a bye, right? Because Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it, I think it's pretty safe to say Laval's going to finish in second the way they're playing. Um, even though that second through sixth place in the North Division right now is still, what are they, like, Zero point two points percentage. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolute chaos. (laughs) It really is. But if they're going to play somebody in the, I I think I would rather see Belleville. I I would think, but I'm I I, honestly I think Rochester ends up finishing ahead of them. 
Yeah. I, I really do. Just because Rochester's going to be getting guys back as well. Um, mm-hmm. They're finally getting healthy again. So, right. you know, and that's I, one of the things you have to think about once you get to the end of the year. Like, who is going to have guys that have to stay up for an NHL run uh, when their teams go to the playoffs? And who are guys that, that or who are teams that are going to be able to send their guys back down? And Buffalo, not going to make the playoffs. So, <laughs> Rochester's. Going to be getting some guys back. I don't know if Uka Pekka is back down, but he, he is. was at one point. Yeah, so like he's a guy that Rochester is going to be able to lean on um, in goal, who is very, very solid. So, yeah, I could definitely see see them doing a little bit there. Man, that is such a fun name to say, though, too, isn't it? I just right. love Uka Pekka uh, Enough, <laughs> enough. Every show. I know, but it's so fun to say. Enough. God. <laughs> It's like consensus. I think most fun name in the American Hockey League is Ukapekalukin. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, how do you not? How do you not like saying that, right? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think, like I said, if first round get to Belleville, and then I mean, could you imagine if it's like Syracuse or Laval for yeah. the division to to move on to play the Atlantic? Just the intense series that's going to be. Mm-hmm. That Absolutely. is, and that's going to be fun, right? Oh my god. <laughs> It, like that's that those are the games that I am really excited for when we get to actual, you know, arena is going to be packed every single night. People are going to be loud. It's going to be, it's going to be hot. Like the oh, last yeah. few games, especially like um, when Brodeur was here and th- when there's people in the building, it gets like physical. Like I sweat. Like, oh, yeah. There are games where I wasn't doing that before, but like it's going to be quite the environment when we actually get to those playoff series, especially if it's against a team that, you know, we don't like. Right. Oh, absolutely. And you know what the best part is, too? Now that we're getting into, like, the end of April, early May, you don't have to come in without your jacket on, freezing, walking across the parking lot. It's so nice to be able to just walk in with a Mm T-shirt. You're already, like, in a good mood. It's like, this is great, you know? Oh, I'm loving it. And I don't have to, like, start my car before I go back out at the end of games, like, early so it gets warmed up, you know, running, wasting gas before (laughs) I get out there. (laughs) Freezing was, come on, hurry up, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, so um as far as Atlantic Division teams, who do you think is going to come out of that division? Oh, the Atlantic Division. Who is So you got Springfield and Charlotte have clinched already. Right. Providence is pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. Lehigh Valley and Wilkesbury Scranton are pretty much done. Yeah. Uh so that'll leave you uh Hershey and there's one more and I'm I'm just it's slipping my mind. Um Hartford, Hartford, Hartford. Thank you, Hartford. Yeah. How could I forget that? Um, yeah, I honestly, I think that we had trouble with Springfield. Yes, I think, I think that's the team, and, and and you know, it's cliche to say the team that's in first place and has already clinched a playoff spot, but you know, they're in first place for a reason. They're a team that is solid all the way around, and they're a team that I think gave us a little bit of trouble when they came when they came here, and I think that they can be dangerous. Then you, I mean, then you have like Hershey is always good. I know. Is always it's, good. Like, and I, I, they I are. never want them to be, but they're always so good. Even when they're not, you know, the top two teams in the division, they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. They're always a team that, like, when you see them on the schedule, you're like, oh, it's going to be a tough game. Absolutely. And, and it's been like that forever. Because I, I think right. they've been in the AHL forever, too. So that's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see Providence being pretty tough just because of their goaltending. Right. They've got fantastic goaltending. But I think you're you're spot on with Springfield. Uh, they, they match up well with the Comets. That's the thing. Yes. So that, that'll be a fun, fun series as well. It, it yeah. really will. So plus there's a, there's a couple former Comets on that team. Uh, Sam Arnaz. Right. right. So, right. I mean, it's uh, so, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, 
obviously this is going to be a ball going into the into the playoffs, and it's going to be fantastic. Marty Brodeur night. How did that go? <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> so so I like it still blows my mind that I even got to like shake his hand, talk to the man. Uh, it was it was great. Uh, so they texted me like two days prior, and I like I knew the game was coming, and I was excited. Like I was I was researching, I was going back, and I was looking through uh, like Brodeur stats and how good he was when he was with Utica, which. Not great. Uh, but, you know. but listen, that was a long time ago. Right, long time ago. Yeah, and then, you know he's made up for it with his NHL career. <laughs> Just a little uh, bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like, I was already looking up stuff, but then they texted me and said, "Hey, we want you to interview Marty Brodeur during one of our TV timeouts." And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like uh, "Yes, yes, yes, I will. I will do that. <laughs> Sounds good." Um, and so they were like, "Yeah, just, just you know, two questions. Make it easy." Uh, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's let's hype the hype the crowd up here. You know, everyone knows why he's here. Everyone uh, is excited that he's here. So let's let's get the crowd into it a little bit as well. And so so we actually showed up uh, like an hour earlier than normal because he had the press conference out front where he mm-hmm. talked about you know the organization coming coming to you or the Devils specifically coming to Utica. And so we were there, we were ready. Um, it was fun. Yeah, I tell you that. And you know better you than me because if that was me doing the interview, I'd have been like Ralph Cramden. I'd have been going, ah, humming, 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 humming. Yeah, I was shaking. I was shaking. Absolutely, I didn't show it. Afterwards, I went up to uh, Annika Zaleski, who was kind of in charge of everything that went on, and I literally put my hand up and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> that was after the fact. I had already talked to him. I was good. I asked his questions. We had been on. I, I can be nervous afterwards, but beforehand, then I gotta I gotta keep my composure. Yeah. The, the most awkward, like it wasn't awkward, but the fact that I like walked into uh, Rob Esch's suite and was like, uh, "Mr. Brodeur," and as I did that, I was like, "What am I doing? Why am I <laughs> like I'm about to shake Marty Brodeur's hand?" And I just like addressed him, and like, yeah, me and you we're equals right now. I'm like, "No, we're not." <laughs> You're accomplished. I am 21 years old and make $50 a game. So not the same thing. Not the same thing. And then you don't notice the buckets of sweat coming off of me right now, right? Right. 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 Exactly. I'm not glistening. You're glistening. Yeah, that's all. It's not me. It's you. No. Exactly. So... This uh, this weekend looks like it's going to be a very very fun weekend at the Adirondack Center. The uh, the Roaring Twenties night, yeah, it's coming up Saturday. I tell you, those those jerseys are awesome. That has been so. We have had one that's just kind of been floating around the front office, like the the mock up for that jersey, and to keep that a secret, oh, it's <laughs> been the hardest thing that I have had to do for a long. Like it is incredible. I love it. Oh my god, it's it's so sharp. It, it really is. And what a great idea too to like to tie in with, with Utica Club. Right. Right. So I mean right. if you're gonna do that roaring twenties night, I mean there's no better yeah. time than, than Utica Club to do it with. Yeah, well absolutely. Absolutely. I mean that what I read, they're gonna have like a model T's there, the cars yeah. Oh, yeah. lined up. Yeah, I think I think Missy and I are planning on getting all in our in our twenties garb, you know. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Of course. Of course. Yes, of course. beautiful. Beautiful. So, so let me see. Are you going to have a top hat? I think I'm going to go with the old, uh, like the the newspaper boy cap, <laughs> yeah. kind of flat top. You know? Yeah, I think that's the plan for now. Maybe some suspenders. Uh, I'll see. I'll see what what, what we got. You know what you got to do too? You got to get one of those handlebar mustaches. 
<laughs> you just go walk around in a mess yeah. and just Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I agree. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Are you are you dressing up? I mean, you have to now. Well, you know what? Now that you just laid down the gauntlet, I might have to. I might have to. Now I'll, I'll find you somewhere at the. We'll have to get a picture together, dressed up in in, in the twenties, right? So, <laughs> listen, we will, I hope we won't be the only ones. I mean, there's an open invitation, right? Right. Well, hey, you know what, Dave, you must have something laying around, right? <laughs> what? What do you mean? I go into my closet and yeah. pull something out? Can I borrow something, asshole? Make it make it a little bit easier. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> you know, hey. I'm just, uh, I'm just asking. Yeah, I'm, no, I don't. Okay, well, you know, God. never hurts to ask. Maybe if you went, maybe if you went as like a '20s villain for Halloween one yeah, time that, or something, no, you know, I could pull my Model yeah, T yeah. out of the driveway. Well, it's all yeah. out there getting ready to yeah. crank it up, right? Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> See, I just love to get him going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See how easy it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Well, Brennan, this has been a. So much fun, man! I, I, I just I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate you coming on, and you you do I, I such a great excited. job. I mean, yeah, I, I I'm very excited. Like I've wa- I watched the show like normally, and so when you that's awesome. When you DM'd me and you were like, "Hey, do you want to be a guest?" I was like, "Absolutely, yeah!" I don't have to watch it. I don't have to watch it as it's going on. I can be part of it this time. Hey, you're so, living the adventure. Right, great. No, I, I was I was super pumped. That's so, great, I, man. That's yeah, up. I appreciate you asking. I'm glad you watched the show. That's 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 really awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And well, it's one of the things where you know, I so I went to school in Ithaca, and all of my friends down there are from the city, from New Jersey, wherever, where they have professional sports teams that they can go and visit games at. And you know, I'm a guy, I'm a kid who's been to three Yankee games in my life and have never been to an NFL game because it's just too far. And the comments are my team, right? Where I can go to games and I can be an actual fan and participate in the game as it goes on. And so anything that's comments related, I am 100% in on. Absolutely. That, and, and you're right. That's, that's the nail right on the head right there. They're the local team. Yep. They're right here. They're and they're such a part of this community that you know how can you not be a part of it? You know what I mean? Right. right, exactly. And and it's fun. It's it's a it's fun to just get out and go and watch a hockey game and hang out with your people. And you know when their team is successful, that makes it even better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Puts everybody in a good mood. Right. <laughs> I, I, I smile yeah. oh, every every minute I'm there. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll be doing a lot of smiling this weekend because we got both. Well, we got Syracuse Friday night. And then yep. uh, we got the Roaring Twenties game Sunday or Saturday night. I'm sorry against uh, Belleville. Yep. So, so absolutely. And like I said, I'll just for you. I'll put some Twenties garb on. How's that? Woo. But I'm in. but like I said, you got to promise me we're going to track each other down for a picture so we can put it up on the, the Facebook page. How's that? Absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, again, Brennan, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank we, you for having me. We really appreciate it. And like I said, you do a fantastic job, and we will see you Friday night at the Adirondack Bank Center. So, yeah, keep, I will see you there. Absolutely. Keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Have a good one. That was Brennan Miller. That was a lot of fun. That was. That really was. So, Dave, I think what we're going to do now, because we got our next guest waiting in the wings. He's in the wings. So, what we're going to do is we're going to do our quick commercial break. We're going to get our word in from the, the gentleman from the Bulls Army. We're going to do your My Little Falls commercial, and then we'll come back, and we'll do Breakaway Trivia when we come back. We're going to switch it up a little bit. All right. Okay? It's fine. All right. So let's put those slides up, shall we? All right. Catch me off guard on that. Well, uh, you know. Uh, you know. 
That's oh, okay. Yeah. There you are, right there. So first up is Priceless Inspections. That's Home Inspections from Joshua A. Amodio. Uh, you can contact him at 315-525-8725 for all your home inspection needs. He's great at what he does. And then up next is the ringleader of the Balls Army, Mr. Scott Schuster's Epic DJ Service. Uh, call Scott at 315-219-3568 for all your DJ needs. Like I've said before, if you've ever been to the Odd, and seeing him in action with the Balls Army, you will want this guy DJing your next special event. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to our My Little Falls commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to have the voice of the Berglund Center for the Roanoke, Ro- the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs. So I can spit it out there. Yeah, say that three times. Right yeah, really, right? Mr. Roy Chambers. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, the Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our country music streaming radio station, or sign up for a weekly newsletter. Stop by today at MyFunFalls.com. You'll be glad you did. And we are back for segment two of Marty's Illegal Stick. And I tell you, we're going to bring Roy in in just a second. But first, I just want to get breakaway trivia in real quick. Okay. And I'm going to see if you can answer this one. Oh, what? it's going to fall on me, huh? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what I want to know is who holds the NHL record for most shots on goal in a career? Are you trying to trick me? No. Because you know my favorite. Yeah, go ahead and say it. Gretzky. No. 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 Gordie Howe. No. no. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna save the answer because I'm gonna see if our guest can get it. Oh, uh, see uh what I did there? Yeah. Our guest is the voice of the Berglund Center for the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs of the Southern Professional Hockey League. He's making his second appearance on the show. It's Mr. Roy Chambers. Roy, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic, sir. Uh, Any idea who the answer is for breakaway trivia? Uh. I'm going to go someone a little more modern and say Ovechkin. It's close. That's close. Ray Bork. Huh? He's got uh, 6,209 shots on goal. Ovechkin's like under 200 away from him. So <laughs> Doesn't, su- doesn't yeah, surprise me. The way he shoots the puck. To, uh, catch Wayne. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> well, actually, Gretzky's eighth on that list. Okay. Yeah, he was like 1,000 behind Bork. 1,000. 1,000 shots Jeez. on goal behind. So... Well, said he definitely chose his shots well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, Roy, how you been? Doing well, doing well. We uh, you know, got to the end of the season here, and playoffs start this week. Actually, first set of games. Uh, there's three games tonight in the league. Uh, Roanoke is on the road down in Knoxville tonight, taking on the uh, regular season champs down in their barn. And uh, we'll be back in action here Saturday night for game two in the Bergen Center back in Roanoke. Nice, nice. So that's the uh, the Knoxville Ice Bears. Yes, correct. So did the the Ice Bears run away with the league in the regular season, or was it pretty close? Or 
Uh, it was it was they were near the top all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started off the year against them and uh, lost a couple games in uh, overtime and shootout, and then uh, it was pretty much a battle between them and Huntsville all year long for first place until Peoria got hot and, and slid up in there. And, uh, uh, so Peoria wound up finishing third, and Huntsville finished second. It came down to the last four games before it was decided. Wow, and that's always that's awesome. It's always like that that close finish to the end. Because sometimes yeah, when you actually, get a team that's run away with it, it's like, ah, okay, that's a given. Yeah, right. yeah and, and Roanoke, Roanoke did help Knoxville out a little bit by beating Huntsville uh, the second to last week of the season. And then um, – Well, see, there you go. They owe you guys one. I'm sorry? <laughs> they owe you guys one. That's right. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think so based on the games. Because we, we finished we finished up our home, our, our home games this year with them, and uh, it wasn't uh, the most uh, – sportsmanlike of contests especially on saturday night but um it, it it's it's been interesting when we play them i mean they, they've they've got a lot of skill they can play basically any way they want to they can play finesse game they can play a physical game if they need to uh but um they just they they're, they've got a head coach who's very experienced in this league and uh they're very uh very well prepared when it comes to playoff time. So they know what they're going to do. They haven't missed the playoffs in 16 years in the SPHL. Really? Yeah. Wow, that, that's impressive. That, that really is. So um, so you knew I was going to ask you about it. I mean, that's uh, – I, and I have to tell you, I have to preface this by saying the, the Southern Professional Hockey League has some of the most passionate fans around. It, it, it is. I'm, I'm a part of a couple of their Facebook groups, and it is just awesome seeing fans get so passionate about their teams, and, and I love it. I, I just – I do. But, uh, yeah, you were just referring to a dust-up, uh, shall we say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that happened on Saturday night. So uh, what exactly happened? Uh, well, the, the dust-up I was talking about was, uh, per se, uh, the, our home game on, against Knoxville on Saturday night uh, just got really physical, really chippy, really quick. And uh, Roanoke, uh, one of their wingers, was uh, – Kind of tackled from behind, had uh, you know face face first into the ice, didn't come back the rest of the game, uh, and then there was a few uh, few bells that had to be answered uh, on on Roanoke's side that uh, they were trying to uh, avenge a little bit of that, and uh, there was some some more of the uh, blood spilt on the ice, and. Uh, wasn't very friendly, and it led to some shots fired this week in the media, especially coming out of uh, Knoxville. Their coach basically went on uh, their local TV down there and called Roanoke a undisciplined, dirty team. Oof. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, last time I was on the show, we talked about the challenge round that they did to try to do the playoffs a few years ago, trying to get bullets and board material. Mm-hmm. And this year they went back to the standard 1-8 type regular seating matchups. I think there's been more bolts and board material back in the regular than there was they thought they were going to get with the challenge series set up. So, so it, it worked out the way everybody wanted it to after all. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but the other one I think you're talking about was our game last weekend uh, down in Fayetteville that mm-hmm. comes out the regular season. Uh, I do know that uh, there were quite a few Renault fans that went down to, to watch the game on uh, Fayetteville. It's about four hours away, and uh, I guess they were. Uh, letting their allegiance be known, especially <laughs> when the dogs had a lead, 
going into the third, and then uh, it went came back and tied it, went into overtime, and they uh, won in uh, Fayetteville wound up winning in shootout, and uh, their goaltender had some uh, sign language, shall we say, <laughs> some of the fans, and it was caught on the, the live cam and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, which I guess started a trend because I saw last night. I guess somebody in the NHL did it too. So. <laughs> So you guys are just trendsetters. That's all. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's 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 very different atmosphere. You know, the last month, month and a half of the season, like you said, all these these fan bases are passionate and, and uh, like to chirp each other just as much as the players do. So it just kind of bleeds bleeds all together into one big allegiance, and um, it makes it it makes it interesting to watch. It makes it fun to watch. It won't be boring by any stretch of the imagination. No, it doesn't. And that's that's what makes it so much fun. And what well, the SBHL is actually made up of 11 teams. So the top yes. eight, the top eight teams make the playoffs. So if I'm correct, yeah. uh, let's see, Vermilion County, Birmingham, <clears throat> excuse me, and Macon did not make yes. it in. Those, yeah, those three did not make it in. Uh, Vermilion County was an expansion team. So they was their first year uh, trying to get their uh, – they were kind of a last-minute entry after uh, one of their team, uh, their prior team, had left. Uh, so they they jumped into the league pretty quick and, and didn't have a. From what from the things I've read, you know, via Facebook groups and things like that, they didn't have a lot of time to necessarily prepare a, a roster per se. It was kind of a quick, kind of like a thrown together kind of thing. Recruit players real quick type deal, and I know they had a lot of roster turnover. They worked with a lot of teams. Um, you know, on trades and stuff like that, trying to build a better product to make it a little bit more competitive throughout the year. So, uh, as much as as much as they chirp on each other, they they do watch out for each other in the league as well, too. So, right. Um, but and then uh, Macon was Macon was kind of a surprise uh, this year because of uh, they you know they won the COVID championship last year and then not the playoffs this year was kind of a shock. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just sometimes the way, way things go in this league with between injuries and call-ups and, and things like that. You just don't know how those things are going to affect you and affect your play throughout the year. Right, right. And actually, Macon, for the listeners here, uh, obviously we know that they had signed uh, Jimmy Bussell, uh, Utica Pioneer, just uh, just graduated. Right. So, you know, that's a, another uh, exposure for the SBHL up here because, like I, that's right. it's like I've told you a hundred times, I mean, this league is so much fun. That, you know, we want to do everything we can to spread the word up here because, like I said, it's just it's a great league. It, it really is. And so the playoff and, matchups. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, and it does seem like the, the footprint. Uh, you know, they're they're not you know grabbing up any market they can. They do their due diligence to make sure it's going to work. But obviously, Vermillion County and, and all of them are kind of in the, you know, the northern part of the country mm-hmm. uh, in the Midwest. Uh, I'm sure they're looking potentially looking at the markets closer to closer to your area potentially to kind of sure you know maybe in the Ohio area or maybe western Pennsylvania or something like that to help kind of get some some more competition around and, and cut down on some of these travel issues that they have with these longer bus trips. Oh sure, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And with with Vermillion County, that makes 11 teams, like I said. So I mean, it would make sense for the league to actually go to 12 just to balance things out a little bit. I would think. Um, it, 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 it would, but again, like I said, this league doesn't just kind of they, – they do the research into the markets to make sure it's not going to be a one-, two-, or three-year type commitment. They want to make sure that it lasts, not only for the league, but for the fan base that that city is, is going to have. Right. As far as uh, making sure they have the support to make them viable and, and 
keep the, the league as strong as it can be. And, you know, that is so smart on the league's end. It, it really is because, you know, it's easy enough to chase the quick buck. You know, if you have somebody who's willing to pay a quick expansion fee for, you know, you, you've seen it in pro. It's not just hockey, but you've seen it in pro yeah. sports where you get these, you know, millionaires or billionaires. Oh, this looks like fun. I'll buy a team, put them in, and then they get bored with it two, three years later, and then the team goes down the tubes, and it's a bad look yeah. for everybody involved. So that is just so yeah. smart on the SPHL's part. Yeah. And, and, and you know, our, our fans in Rona know exactly how that feels with the uh, – the one year that we had the Roanoke Valley Vipers in the UHL, they came in, took, you know, they thought they were going to uh, have a good fan base to, to draw off of. And again, it was kind of one of those quick situations. It was kind of thrown together really quick. And uh, the team folded with, you know, after one season of play. And then Roanoke didn't have a team for, for you know, over a decade. So, uh, you know, that can kind of leave a, a bad name if something happens, you know, with other leagues. You know, when you look into that, well, why, why did this one succeed? type deal is the interest not there anymore or something to that effect so absolutely um, you know, with, the, with the money that's involved with it today and things like that you know if they don't do their due diligence it's probably not something you may not want to totally jump into and be involved with either so it's kind of protection on both sides right right and it, it just like i said it just it makes so much sense so the playoff matches we just like we just talked about knoxville and and roanoke so the other ones yeah. are um let's see Huntsville, that you had just talked about, yes. they're the number two seed going against Correct. the Evansville Thunderbolts. Yes. And then there's the aforementioned uh, Fayetteville Marksman facing the number five Quad City Storm. And then the number three Peoria Rivermen versus the number six Pensacola Ice Flyers. So yes. the opening rounds are best of three, you said, correct? Uh, the, actually, the entire playoff series is the best. Uh, oh. The entire playoffs is the best of three. There is the option in the championship uh, game matchup to go best of five, but I've never seen that actually taken as an option. They usually try to get it done and over with. Wow, that that's cool for the summer. Yeah, that's really cool though. I mean, could you imagine like if you had two teams that really like hated each other and said, yeah, "No, we want to drag this out as long as possible." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, 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 it's it, it's an interesting format too, especially with you know some of the travel issues. I mean. With our series, with uh, Knoxville being four down, uh, four hours down the road, uh, we are a typical one, one, and one. Right. So a lot of times, if there's going to be a travel, uh, a long distance of travel, they'll do usually the lower seed will get the first game at home, and then the higher seed will schedule the the last two, or the third, you know, sure. obviously the second, and if so, the third, if necessary, at home to kind of have you know back to back. Typically, uh, you know, the, the, the first games are played in the middle of the week, and two and three are usually put on the weekend to kind of, you know, get a potential for a beer crowd to have to fight, you know, kids going to school sure. this morning or, or people getting off work late, et cetera. So uh, I was actually kind of surprised that uh, when I was informed last week uh, of our schedule that we were actually scheduled for Saturday, I was expected to be in the week for us. Really? Oh, that's, yeah, but still, that's great, though, to be able to get a weekend game. It, yes, absolutely. it's everything, you know. And but, plus, with the, with the four hour with the four hour turnaround, it, you know, game three if necessary, we played on Sunday back in Knoxville. So. Oh, so get right, <laughs> game's over, get on the bus and and head yeah, on down usually, the road. <laughs> yeah, usually you have a week to get the series done. Right, and and that makes sense too. Yeah. But uh, I, I will say, I mean, I, I'm still kind of hung up on that whole the the championship being decided. You know, whether it's going to be a three game or a five game series, and I'm I'll be honest with you. I am very surprised that ownership 
doesn't say, no, we're going to play five because of the potential for extra two games of gate revenue. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I've never really had discussions with our ownership group or anything like that. If, you know, if that would ever be the option, uh, I'm sure they have the reasons, uh, taking, you know, a, a, a semi-educated guess, you know, obviously, uh, the deeper in the playoffs you can get, you can obviously get more and more intense. There's more room for more injuries and medical expenses to the team and things like that. Uh, the expense also, you know, with the travel and hotels and all that. You know. um, that was those would be my two educated guesses, uh, and also too, if I, you know, you know, pro- you know, probably half these got half these players on these rosters are first or second year players, and they may not have that much in the tank to where sure, sure, uh, you know, coming out of college, play that many games at that intensity level, uh, you know, spread out over the the season there, so. Uh, that may have a little bit of a, you know, a player safety concern as well, too, for, you know, if you're worn down, you're obviously more successful with injury as well, too. You know, you bring up a fantastic point there because, and it's funny you say that because I was looking at the, at the Utica Comets, they're their, our local RHL team here, and they actually have 11 skaters that haven't played an over 60 game professional season yet. Right. They played, you know, juniors before COVID, you know, they played a full, yes. you know, 60, 72 game schedule which they do have that experience, but for a lot of these players, it's been over two years since they've really played yeah. a full schedule of anything. Exactly. And, and it's the same thing with a lot of these guys. I mean, half the teams played last year in the league uh, with the COVID-shortened season, and then uh, some of them did go down and play in the FPHL uh, just to kind of keep their conditioning up. I think a lot of the, the, the veteran guys uh, that weren't picked up by the five remaining teams in the league did that just to kind of realize that, that was probably the best way they're going to be able to, to have their legs under them when they went back to their normal teams once COVID was over. Right. And that's, but I mean, it, it's been like that for, for everybody and every league, every player, it's just, exactly. but I will say it's nice. It's so nice. Knock on wood <laughs> to see things kind of just getting back to normal the way we're, we're used to it, the way we love it. And right. let's just hope it keeps yeah. going. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine what uh, those guys were like, you know, when they were playing in the bubble in Toronto a couple of years, oh. getting back to 2020, and then the, the limited capacity, you know, arenas last year in the NHL and such. I can only imagine. It's, uh, I've been to a couple of baseball games during the day. I've worked a couple of baseball games during the day, and, uh, uh, you know, with the ballpark being that quiet, it was just – it was very eerie, and I wasn't even yeah. out there, you know, out on the field. You know, I was – doing whatever I had to do. And, and it was, it was just so strange. It just it didn't feel natural. Yeah. Yeah. You, you almost hope for a pumped in crowd noise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're sitting there with your iPhone, looking at YouTube crowd noise, crowd noise. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> you know? So, but, uh, but I, I'm glad. And, uh, you know, of course, a lot of, a lot of that stuff is, is kept under, under wraps and things like that for, for, uh, HIPAA reasons and things sure. like that. Sure, oh, absolutely. I can't, I can't recall, you know, too much issues this year through the league of, of uh, games having uh, to be scheduled in mass because of you know, postponements or something like that due to COVID. Right. So, I think uh, they did pretty well. I know here in Roanoke, uh, they didn't do the post game autograph sessions like they do every night. Uh, they did one massive one on the last home game when the entire team was out on the concourse. So that was. Uh, where people got their chance to get most of their autographs, unless they purchased one of their 
the jerseys, especially the jerseys during the auctions. Right, right. That's yeah. Kind of limit that exposure a little bit. Yep, exactly. But like I said, step by step, we're That's getting right. back to normal. So heading into your big playoff series, any uh, any particular rail yard dogs we should be looking out for? Uh, well, um, we've got a couple guys that are are pretty hot. We got Nick Ford back from his call up uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, about seven games to go in uh, regular season, and the four games at home, he was all over the score sheet. Um, you know, and we got some veteran guys back: Jansen, Jeff Jones. Uh, Mac was pretty hot the last four games at home. He got, what was it? I think it was against, I think it was against Knoxville. He had three goals in two nights, a couple of assists. So, um, and he, uh, there were, uh, there were some records set too for most franchise points in a career. Uh, Jeff Jones did that, passed our captain for most points. He uh, passed for most goals earlier in the season with the same person. Uh, so, uh, those guys, those guys definitely uh, uh, are good on the offensive end. Uh, we got some of our physical guys back from either their call ups or from injury as well too. Uh, and then uh, we got, uh, of course, Austin Roadbush in goal right now. Uh, he's been with us all season. Last year, he had a lights out performance in the in the COVID shortened season for actually of all teams, Knoxville. Uh, <laughs> But uh, and then we also brought in a veteran uh, goaltender uh, by the name of uh, Sammy Vedard that uh, has been playing pretty well for us. He did, he got the majority of the starts to get you know get back into his game shape here towards the end of the season once he signed with us. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he at one time played for Knoxville. He's a little more well traveled through the league, I believe. But uh, I think he was there as well too at one point. So um, all in all, I, I mean. If you go up and down the roster and, and you take out that slide that we went into while we were on that three-week road trip and, and a couple weeks before that, um, you know, and, and I'm not the only one that's saying it. Other other fans are saying if you take that chunk out where we went through that losing streak uh, you know, between undisciplined play and some nights or couldn't put a three three periods of hockey together uh, or whatever the case may be, you know, some call-ups coming up through again. Uh, Roanoke is a much better than an eighth seed. If you take out that stretch and you know, if you can pick out that, you know, one month of a block out and get rid of it to help your seeding, I mean, Roanoke would be a lot higher, I think, than where they were. So uh, they, they, they play a very good t- uh, team game. There's not really – if you focus on one or two players, somebody else can come back and, and sneak one by and get it in that just as easy. So. And, you know, that's the, the thing, too, about, you know, the playoffs, man, if you – get hot at the right time coming in or like right. with, with you guys playing those three game series, anything yeah. can happen in those three game series. So that's exactly the, and there it is. You know, we got, we got off, we got off that slide. I think it was the last, uh, uh, last nine games of the year. I think we were five, three and uh, five, three, one and one. Um, and really the only, the only other team that was hotter was Knoxville. They went nine and one in their last 10 games to finish out the season. Wow. Um, Peoria was went on that high streak at the same time we did back around the holidays. We cooled off. They kept going, pushed their way up past us, uh, and worked themselves all the way up to number one for I think a week, and then fell off. And they've kind of cooled off their last few games. Uh, so it'll be an interesting series between them and Pensacola. Uh, I think Pensacola is probably the most uh, 
most underrated, most quiet team you're not hearing a lot about on the message boards or fans aren't out there, you know, hyping them up like it seems like the Peorias and the Huntsvilles and the Knoxvilles and Fayetteville uh, are doing. But um, it, it's – that'll be – that's going to be – I think it's going to be an interesting matchup right there, that that 3-6 combo right there. I think that's going to be a good one. And you can't sleep on Evansville. Evansville kind of put it together as well too towards the end of the year, but they did lose their number one uh, goaltender to injury in the last week of the season. So – the guy they had on the backup last I saw only had played like eight games and had a sub 900 save percentage. So he's got to work cut out for him against uh, a couple of the uh, award winners that have been announced so far playing for, for Peoria. So, yeah, so that's, not Peoria, I'm, keep an eye I'm sorry. They're playing for Huntsville. Sorry. Huntsville's <laughs> got a pretty balanced attack too. So, well, I so tell you, that's, uh, that's awesome. Go ahead. No, yeah. I'm sorry. That, that, that is, that, that's awesome. And and that's, you know, it looks like each series has something a little bit different to offer. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, you've got a, 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 you know, with Huntsville, you've got a, a great goaltender, Hunter Vorva. Um, he he is not off his game very often, and we've actually been able to give him a, a couple of his few losses this season with Roanoke. Um, and then you've got, you know, they're, they're a very – they, they're another team that's very speed, but can play physical if you want to drag them down to the physical side as well, too. So um, there, I think there's getting to be – it's kind of getting to be like, you know, college basketball, I think. I think there's really a lot of parity when it comes playoff time unless uh, somebody just blatantly sneaks in at, at number eight um, with, with all these teams, you know, getting their call-ups and, and, and that kind of stuff and then getting guys back right before the playoff push. It changes what you see during the regular season, so I think there's a lot of parity, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if, if two of the lower seeds make it out of the first round. To be honest with you. Well, that's the great thing about the playoffs. As soon as they start, everybody's o o and o. That's uh, exactly. you know, <laughs> exactly. So, so I know we we talked about this the last time you were on, but just as a reminder, so you're from Morris, New York. That's yes, the the that connection. The connection to yes. Central New York. And uh, yes. one of our, our listeners, and you know him, Barry, Barry Shelley. Yes. Great yes, guy. He, uh, he messaged me earlier. He says, you know, obviously say hi. And yes. uh, <laughs> you guys were just a few years apart, I guess, growing up in Morris. Yes. And yeah, um, he, was, he went to school with one of my uh, junior varsity basketball coaches. Right, right. That's what he was saying. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah. he just kind of wanted to remind everybody just how it is that you got from Morris, New York, to being the voice of the Berglund Center in Roanoke, Virginia. Well, I, I actually, I, I moved to Morris, New York in 1980 from the Roanoke area. Uh, after a death in the family, uh, mom wanted to be close to her family, so we moved to Morris. Uh, we stayed there until I graduated. Um, and then I went to uh, Cortland State for a year uh, and then came back to Virginia because my parents had moved back down here. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I, like I mentioned on the last show, I went to a couple hockey games here and there, went down, saw the Whalers when they were in Binghamton, and uh, went out to Colgate University for a hockey game out there. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed watching uh, the hockey games in Cortland as well, too. The, the year I was there, had a couple guys on the club team that lived across from me in the dorm, so uh, always went to support them. And uh, My second-semester roommate uh, went to high school and started varsity goaltender, so we were always there at those games, too. But my real passion for hockey really didn't develop until I moved back to Virginia, believe it or not. 
and got to watching Red Oak Express in the ECHL days and fell in love with it and found an opening one year when they were hiring game night staff and uh, sold programs and did, you know, the on-ice intermission stuff uh, in between periods. Next year, uh, jumped up, started uh, basically being the, the arena DJ when the first year we actually used computers instead of tape decks. <laughs> and so I kind of ran with that system. And then after uh, Slam Duncan left to go to Nashville, uh, and he wound up being an in-game host down in Nashville for a while for the Predators. I kind of slid oh. over into his chair because I kind of knew that how the system operated and run with it ever since. So Nice. Nice. So... I got to ask you then, when you were the house DJ, what was your favorite pump-up song to play? Oh, now you're making me go back a little bit here. This was mid to late 90s. Um, I don't know. There were so many. Uh, that was when kind of some of this this techno stuff that the players like now mm-hmm. was coming out. Uh, so there was a, uh, a rave scene in the, in the movie Blade. Okay. Uh, that in the original Blade movie, that was always one of my favorites. It just kind of had a good drive, hard and beat. You could clap to it, not even knowing the song, things like that. Uh, of course, being the Roanoke Express, one that was probably overplayed a ton was uh, "Come and Ride the Train." Yeah, yeah. City GJs. <laughs> uh, you were probably you, sick of that song after a while. <laughs> <laughs> For for a while there it was like anything with a train in the, in the title, we played it. Uh, Train kept rolling. Yeah. By Smith, um, crazy train. We still use that one. Yep. Coming out to the uh, train, train, uh, and train, train by Barefoot. You know, we, we I could find some of the train that was upbeat and going. It was usually put in there at some point in time during those days. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. But uh, and nowadays, uh, pretty much it's it with what we're using here. Uh, we kind of model ourselves after what they're doing in NHL rinks. So we kind of. You know, we still use the rock and, and country and stuff like that, but a lot of it is more the the, the European sound and the techno club type sound because uh, it seems like a lot of the players, especially the international players, really enjoy sure. that side of it. And if if that gets their juices flowing a little bit more, hey, we'll we'll keep it going as long as they want. It, so you pick up the win, the end justifies the means, my friend. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, but. Uh, it it, it 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 was a good time and it's it's been a good experience um and uh you know it's uh actually saturday night is going to be my 300th professional hockey game as a public address announcer wow congratulations thank you the, the team honored me on uh our last home game for number 299 with a ceremonial puck drop and, and really uh, yeah, gave, gave a little uh, uh it was total a total surprise I had no idea they were going to do it. Um, our, our, our internet broadcaster was asking me stats about it. He said, I just want to be sure, you know, any prep said, I just want to be sure I got the stats right. So I give you a shout out over the broadcast, things like that. So Very we're, cool. We're going through, we're going through everything and, and, uh, you know, going through the script and, you know, of course I get the script, when I get there, go through it, make sure I understand everything that's going on. We kind of went through that process last time I was on the show, but, uh, um, Nothing, nothing was in there about that or anything like that. So we're rolling through. We're doing our pregame stuff. Get ready to introduce the mascots. The lights going down. DJ tells me, when you're done here, you need to run down and get with Mickey, who is our uh, president of operations for our team, uh, down at the Olympia entrance. He needs to talk to you. I'm like, 
Oh, <laughs> what I do now? <laughs> I'm like, couldn't it wait maybe until after, you know, you know I got all this stuff I've got to do to get to the game started. I can understand we could cover for, you know, five minutes yeah. or something like that, but I really had to run downstairs and talk about something that might have been done wrong or, or needed to be changed or something like that. But, uh, and he's like, yeah. And you, he's like, you need to run, not walk. You need to <laughs> run down there. I'm like, what? I was like, come on now. I was like, he's like, as soon as you do the, as soon as you introduce the bench staff, you need to run down there. And I'm like, what about the national anthem? What about the puck drop? Because we had a sponsor sure. for the game that night. And that, you know, they were in there as, as a puck dropper. And he's like, he's like, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. And then I was like, okay. I think I may know what's going on. <laughs> so I, I did what I was told. I introduced the bench staff. I got up. And, and of course, you know, I kind of described our situation at Berglund Center. It's a whole flight of stairs. It's about 25 feet up to the top. And I get to the top of the steps. And the vice president, uh, Alexander Martin's waiting for me down there at the bottom of the steps. So I come running down the steps. I'm feeling awkward. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know. It's the national anthem. It's right. Like, get ready to do the national anthem. You don't yeah. run through the arena. You, don't, you know, I've still got my hat on, you know, all this kind of stuff. So you see the bottom steps, and we're literally running through the outer concourse and running down to, to the ice level. She says, you're puck, puck drop number two. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, and that was, that was, that was, it was a very nice surprise. And uh, I guess they, they took some of my uh, pictures I've taken over the years with, with some of the, the staff and stuff in the press box, put up on the video board while uh, Joe was reading the actual write-up for everything. And, and you know, I must have looked nervous because Travis Armstrong, our captain, is like, how you doing? You doing all right? I'm like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so uh so it, it was it was different it'd been a while since i'd actually been out in like down at ice level kind of sure. eyes on me because you know pa announcers are always heard but seldom seen that's kind of right the, you're the sitting here in the industry if you're in the crowd you're so, more, where are they they're like the family of the opera where are they <laughs> that's right exactly just kind of you're kind of the voice from above type yeah. deal so uh so it was it was different and then of course running right back up uh but well, i had to do the normal intro that i do at kind of the last minute hype up crowd that brings lights back up from ringside and uh ran back up there and uh got to the top of the steps i sat down i looked over at joe he's like i got the first three or four breaks so it's like he said sweat was just dripping <laughs> off of me and i was panting for breath i was just yeah, I'm not going to be able to read anything for a couple minutes here. You do that because I got to find an oxygen tank. Thanks. You know that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not about a spring chicken anymore. You know? uh, 40, 40 hit me hard, and running up those steps like that at fifty—that's <laughs> not what I expected to be doing at fifty years old. I usually just walk up. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, you know it's it's always fun um, to work for an organization like Roanoke has. I mean. Uh, the people that have gone on and moved on after the year and, and stuff like that, they've always you know, done some type of recognition. And, and, you know, those were with more people that dealt with the public in general and things like that. Uh, direct, we had a director of ticket operation that was here for three years when he went back home to the Midwest, you know, uh, he had a pretty good farewell night. Of course he was a crowd favorite uh, mm -hmm. and uh, just from his personality and he got involved with t-shirt tosses and, I mean, he gave the back row at anywhere in the arena from the ice with his arm. So uh, he was a real crowd favorite, things like that. So to you know, be recognized as someone that's not necessarily in the in the, the public eye that much, just more in the public ear, it was very humbling and, and uh, uh, 
very appreciative of, of what they thought mm-hmm. I could brought and contributed to the, the franchise in five years. So. Well, that's that's really great, though. I mean, congratulations. That That's awesome. That, that really is. So. I'm glad you brought that up because you didn't say that before. No, so. no, no. I, uh, <laughs> that was a surprise. Uh, is this as much of it was a surprise to you? It was a surprise for us, too. So Right, exactly. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I kind of I got down, going down that path and started doing the math about a uh, month or two ago because uh, one of my uh, PA brothers in, in the NHL had said this is my 300th game or something like that with the San Jose Sharks. And I got to thinking and I started doing the math and, I was like, well, I'll be darned if I didn't miss the one game back in the first season because of the flu. <laughs> the last home game of the year would have been number 300. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's nice to, it's nice to uh, you know, kind of hit that benchmark. I mean, it won't buy me a cup of coffee at McDonald's or anything. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, as much as I enjoy doing this job and things like that, I think it, it's pretty neat that uh, I've had the opportunity to get to that market oh certainly certainly that is great though that's congratulations again man that's that's totally awesome but and it is it is kind of ironic but uh because uh i am actually uh leaving the team after this season really yeah i haven't spread that too much either but oh uh, where are you going i'm I'm actually coming back towards your direction coming back to where coming back your direction really uh, yeah i'm gonna be moving uh back to upstate new york uh, I'll be down in the Binghamton area, living down there, and be no kidding. closer, closer to family. Uh, you know, kind of be within an hour's distance. Uh, yeah. Uh, in case mom needs help with something like that, it's kind of hard to help her out some days. Sure. Some things pop up, obviously, unexpected stuff pops up. Um, well, then I, I tell you what, then if you're going to be back in the Binghamton area, you know what that means, right? It oh, means yeah. it means Absolutely. a we're going to have to meet at Barry Shelley's Rink of Dreams sometime. Yes, very Got a shadow of a doubt. And it also means that you got to meet us at a UK Comets game, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 that is that is one thing I'm very excited about. Uh, um, you know, if I don't have the chance to uh, find a, a job to continue what I'm doing now with a hockey team or some way in some form, at least I will have numerous opportunities within a two-hour radius to catch hockey. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it. I, I, growing up, you know, playing basketball in high school and things like that. Obviously, college basketball used to be my favorite sport, but ice hockey is by far. I've watched more hockey games this year than I did in March Madness. So it's <laughs> it's just kind of taken over. But uh, it, it tends uh, to do so, that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, with with you know three AHL teams within an hour radius of Binghamton. Yeah. Um, and then of course Buffalo is only a, you know, a three three and a half hour drive from Binghamton as well too. Rochester's about three hours away as well, so um, it, it'll be it'll be fun. And then, like I said, you know, like we talked last time, there's a lot of good college hockey that, that you know feed into this league that I'm used to seeing all the time. Absolutely, uh, through the through the SUNY system as well too. So uh, and Utica and Elmira and places like that. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be a nice place to settle down and kind of be in the middle of, middle of all that action and, and kind of pick and choose. All right, well, this will be a good matchup, and I definitely need to come up and and check out the Pioneers game because I haven't done that yet as well, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you got Cornell right there. It's, yeah. Yep. It's, it's exactly. going to be Colgate right up the road. I mean, it's, yeah, that, definitely. We will uh, we'll definitely be seeing more of you then. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm in the process of getting things packed up and, and things like that. So, uh, worst case scenario, if, if the, uh, you know, I, I told the team that I, I'm committed through the entire playoff run. So, uh, if they go through the championship series, uh, you know, I'll be up there probably the last day of April. So, well, I'll tell you what, best of luck in that playoff run. You guys, uh, <laughs> Looking to make a run all the way to the President's Cup, so that's right. That's uh, right. That, that would be a that would be a nice feather on the end of the, the it would be. with the dogs is to see them raise that cup a little bit. So. That, that would be cool. It would be so cool. And Roy, thanks for coming back on and, and keeping us updated what's going on down there. Because, like I said, I I just love this league. It is so much. Yeah. It's just so fun to keep track of. Um, you can keep track of it at thesbhl.com. Uh, they're all over social media. You got Facebook, Twitter. Uh, there, if you look up the SPHL on YouTube, there's videos, uh, the Roanoke rail yard dogs, they're on Facebook, yes. Twitter, all over the place. So all over, the, all over the place. I think the only one they don't do right now is TikTok. So yeah, neither, neither do we. So, <laughs> but, uh, my days of dancing yeah, on camera are over. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- this, they're, they're, they're definitely prevalent on social media, so it's easy to cover them throughout the league. And, uh, of course, you know, you're really interested in checking out there's always the hockey tv the playoff playoffs are all on hockey tv as well too so that's right um uh you see some good hockey you might see some strange arenas uh just for scheduling conflicts sometimes playoff games are played in practice arenas but uh well if you tune into a game with the burglars i'm able to hear roy change the pace of play so <laughs> exactly and ask the arizona coyotes because they're going to be going through that next season so exactly yeah <laughs> Good enough for the, if it's good enough for the NHL, it's good enough for the SBHL too. Right? That's right. There you go. <laughs> so. Well, Roy, once again, thank you so much yes. for coming back on. We really appreciate it, and uh, stay in touch. And like I said, if you need any help with, with the move or anything like that, we'll we'll do everything we can to help you out. And I, otherwise. I and don't forget, uh, uh, you know, you guys still said something about taking a road trip to Roanoke. I can absolutely take a trip with you and uh, and give you the the insiders tour a little bit. Make sure you, you catch a game in Roanoke the right way. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Thanks for the invite once again, and uh, uh, we'll catch you at a later date. Absolutely, Roy. Thank you so much. Appreciate All it, right. buddy. Thank you. All Have right. Take evening. care. We'll see you, Roy Chambers. Man, I, I love that SPHL. I can't help it. I really do. Because it's just so cool. It is a cool league. We it got, really is. We got a good league here. We're exactly. Good. Well, we yes, of course we do. But you know, it's just <laughs> one of those leagues that not a lot of people have heard of, yeah. at least up here. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, passionate fan base. You betcha. Well, rally our dogs. Yeah. Hey. You know, I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Dave, I'm going to close the show with a few happy birthdays because we didn't get to get to those. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. So first of all, happy birthday to, let's see, Neil Brady, former Utica Devil, turned 54 on Tuesday. Uh, happy birthday to Jason McBain. Jason McBain turned 48 on Tuesday. He played nine games for the Hartford Whalers from 1995 and 19- to 1997. And you want to know why Jason McBain is important and on our happy birthday list? He was born in Illinois, New York. Oh, really? Making him the only NHL player to have ever been born in Herkimer County. Nice. But you didn't know that. I didn't know that. See, I should have had that be breakaway trivia. Gretzky. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> also, a happy birthday to Tom Laidlaw. Tom turned 64 this Friday. Remember when he was on the show? He was, he oh, was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. No, he was, yeah. He was just a cool guy to talk to. Yeah. And last but not least, I pulled this one up just for you because I think you'd find this entertaining. You ready for this? All right. Happy birthday to Peanuts O'Flaherty. 
Peanuts would have been 104 on Sunday. And his chest would have been on fire. He Well, <laughs> he, he did play 21 games for the Brooklyn and New York Americans back in 1941 and 42. I just figured for you, you would love the name Peanuts O'Flaherty. I do. I like that. You know, they just it's don't good. make them like Peanuts anymore. It's better than Okanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanokanok